Hey everybody, welcome to Ivan Cast podcast. You're listening to Ivan Cast podcast. Welcome to Ivan Cast podcast. Welcome to the podcast. Okay, so um, yeah, we are we are on the air now. Um, Kanisha, welcome to the podcast. Hi, thank you for having me. Thank you so much for being part of the show. I'm, I'm honored to have you on the podcast. I have become a big fan of your music. Um, are you cool to hang out for about half an hour and just uh, talk a little bit about your music? Sure, sure. Cool. Well, first of all, um, crazy sort of uh, difficult times we're living in right now. Social distance, isolation. Um, what's What do you think is the best part of just being at home right now because of the quarantine? How are you spending your time? Well, um, right now, um, I'm a teacher, mm -hmm. so I'm a special education teacher, so I've been spending a lot of the day um, contacting parents and um, preparing work for my students to do while they're out of school. Um, they're they're going to be out of school probably for at least two weeks. Um, and, yeah, and my own students, are, my own children are home for three weeks, and so we have been spending the first part of the um, what they call a um, stay in place shelter in place we've been watching scary movies and eating junk food <laughs> so I've been enjoying um, the best part has just been spending time with my kids you know and yeah. not having any place to be you know yeah, yeah. so you're a teacher what yeah. what do you teach I teach special education okay. my students are um, identified as having emotional disabilities mm -hmm. so that's who i teach i love it they're great <laughs> yeah. sounds very uh, sounds pretty so, interesting and um well let's forget uh for a minute about all these viruses and diseases and uh let's talk about music and bring some hope and some good vibes out there i think music um in my case has given me hope many times when life was hard so Let's try to do the same with this podcast. Absolutely. Music is medicine. Yeah, <laughs> definitely. When I heard your album Peacocks and the other uh, and other Savage Beasts, right? I just thought what a graceful, wonderful mixture of genres and textures and sounds. There is poetry there. Uh, how who or what introduced you to music? How 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 did you get into music? Um Well, I, I I grew up in a um, where music was always like around me. You know, um, my from my grandmother playing her gospel and blues, and there's always music in the background. So I have a soundtrack for my entire life. Um, so I um, I've always loved music. I've always I really began to love music when. Um, My mother had a record collection, and I would listen to those records all the time. And I really loved the the sound of the static when the needle hit the vinyl, and also yeah. the album covers. The album covers were always so beautiful. The art on the covers, you know. Um, so that's why that's when I really began to love music, and I wanted to sing, but I didn't have a voice for it. And then I decided I wanted to play an instrument, but then that, you know, because of our um, 
help situation, I necessarily always have access to instruments or music program. And we moved around so much, Mm -hmm. you know. So the next best thing was, you know, I was a writer. That's something I can always do. Um, So I began to write and um, to write poetry and to write lyrics for songs. And that's how it began. Great. Can you can you name some of the artists, maybe, or musicians that you were listening to at that time? We're talking about vinyls, right? Vinyls, yeah. That's that was my first love, vinyls. Yeah, definitely. Um, so I loved Hiroshima. Uh-huh. My mother would play that song over, over and over and over again. It was Ichi ni Sanchi Go, and at the time, I didn't know that they were counting to five. But um, <laughs> I used to love that album. Um, she played a lot of uh, Minnie Ripperton. Uh-huh. And she played a lot of, you know, Stevie Wonder and Michael Franks. And so a lot of jazz, a lot of wow. Miles Davis and Coltrane. And, wow. and then that music that's like right on that borderline, acid jazz. She played a lot of that. Yeah, yeah. That's really cool. I am a musician myself and I also remember discovering all those jazz artists like you mentioned uh, miles davis and coltrane it's just such such beautiful music right it is beautiful have you watched any of the documentaries about um there's one about miles davis that's out right now it's pretty interesting Uh and um yeah, check it out. I love to watch the documentaries about those um, earlier, earlier music, even earlier than Miles. Yeah. Those musicians, mm-hmm. um, they're fascinating because they sort of invented jazz and they invented those sounds. And so that to watching them invent those things to me is fascinating. Definitely, yeah. I'm more like into funk and soul music, so I I, I used to watch all the. Uh, uh, Motown uh, documentaries, Stacks to uh, the Funk Brothers, yes. and uh, they really inspire me to mm-hmm. get it, like playing bass guitar. Yeah. Do you do you play any musical instruments yeah. too? No, I don't play any musical instruments. I um, I used to um, when I was a little girl play the viola, but like I said, we were kind of um, we moved around a lot when I was young, and so there was always a like a start and then an un- a inability to completely finish yeah. every time I decided on an instrument that I was interested in. I see. W- where were you born? So, I was born in Milwaukee, mm-hmm. Wisconsin, here in the U.S. Mm-hmm. And then when I was a small, when I was still a baby, my mother moved us to Oakland, California, and that's where I spent the majority mm-hmm. of my um, my childhood. Nice, wonderful. Um, let's talk a little bit about uh, your last album. H- how do you record your songs? How is like the creative process of writing, recording songs? Do you have a studio at home, or h- how do you deal with all that? Um, it's kind of it gets kind of complicated sometimes because um, I'm in the United States, yeah. and um, my the producer DJ Collab he is in um, Europe. So one of the, yeah, so one of the things that I would do is I would record my vocals Uh and I would send them to him and I would give him and I would tell him, you know, um, Uh I, 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 when I, when I read this poem, this is the sound I hear. And then I would tell him what kind of sound I'm hearing when I music Uh and he would develop the music. 
Wow, that's you know? that's so fascinating. Yeah, yeah he, he really dope. Like, yeah. and then there would be times when I would simply send him my vocals. And then he would just develop a sound around the vocals and he would send it to me and ask me, you know, do, is this, does this work? You know, uh-huh, uh-huh. So you just record your yeah. vocals at home. You have like sort of a small studio at home. I do. Um, I use GarageBand on my phone. I'm also using GarageBand for, for the podcast here. <laughs> oh, yeah, it's pretty dope. Yeah. You know, simple. <laughs> I'm still learning it. So, uh, talking about what you just said, you are uh, recording your vocals at home and then sending it to Europe to the DJ. Uh, is this the the future of music? Do, do you have you ever thought about the music of the future from your perspective? What can we expect from I don't know, thirty years, four years from now? What do I think music will be like? Yeah, yeah, exactly. I actually. I'm hopeful about the fact that music will, um, because everything happens in cycles. Yeah. And so, um, I grew up listening to the vinyls, but then by the time I was a teenager, it was, um, CDs. Right. And then now it's all digital and I'm hoping like 30, yeah, Napster and all that. And now I'm hoping like 30, 40 years from now that once again, that everybody will be back into vinyls Or at least into that sound, like real instrumentation, you know, like really paying attention to to how music can be layered and how each instrument can give music. I'm hoping that we'll be back to substance in our music. And I'm also hoping that there won't have to be such strict categories for our music. Like right now, I really love Africa. Beats. I love what they call Afro Soca here in, in the States. I love it. Yeah, but it's yeah. a mix of so many beautiful sounds. And um, I, it, I think it brings people together. And I, I, you know, I hope that there won't be a need for so many boxes mm-hmm. in the future. Mm-hmm. That's pretty cool. Yeah. So, um, would you mind if we listen to one of your songs now before coming back to the... <laughs> To the last part of the podcast? Sure. Yeah. Uh, white, white folks can call me nigga. What, what can you tell us about this song? What was your inspiration, the <laughs> lyrics, the music? <laughs> I love it, by the way. It's really, really nice. It's really cool. I, yeah. I'm glad you like it. <laughs> I um, Why white folks can't call me nigga? I developed that because it's... um. In the United States, that word nigga yeah. is very controversial because it's a word that we use black people. It's an inter- intercultural word that black people use yeah. to um, sometimes speak and communicate things to each other. It's sort of like an intercultural insult sometimes. Yeah. Um, but it's inappropriate for people who are not black to use the term. Mm-hmm. And And the reasons for that is because it's not it's not about, for example, I'm allowed to call myself anything I want to. I can say, oh, I'm so stupid. I forgot, you know, my computer at home. Yeah. But no one is allowed to call me stupid. That's that's an insult, right? Yeah, yeah. You know, um, every culture has its words or its phrases that they use 
to kind of insult each other or it's, a, it's an intracultural joke. But other people outside that culture can't use that joke. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, I got it. Definitely. So for me, yeah. So nigga is a word that like a lot of people, especially people who are white, um, were using and they think it's okay. And they think they they don't understand why they should be able to use it. But my song is really trying to put in the simplest terms why it's inappropriate for people who are white to use the term nigga. Mm -hmm. Because it's not it's it's not about you. It's not about you. You're not you are not part of my culture, Mm -hmm. you know, Um, and that's there's nothing wrong. You have your own culture. Exactly. But you're you're not part of my culture, and you don't understand the context, or the framing, or the history of the word. So simply don't use it. Yeah, yeah. Totally right. You know, so that's what the song is about. Mm-hmm. You know, and it's not about hating anyone or excluding anyone. I have, I love everyone. Yeah. And I appreciate the cultures of other people. I really do. I I think the world would be a dismal place if we were all just alike. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. So, um, so I, I really appreciate other people and I'm, I'm able to do that because I also really appreciate who I am as a woman who is black. Yeah. Um, so it gives me room to love who other people are. So cool. the song is about respect. Yeah. <laughs> That's great. Respect. So, uh, stick around. We will back. In, we will be back in a minute. Let's listen to, um, one of your great songs. Uh, b- by the okay. way, the music, w- it, was it produced by the DJ you, you mentioned before? Yes, DJ Collab. DJ Collab. All the music is produced by yes. him, right? All the music is. It's also um, Tamar Kulakuter. Mm-hmm. She's also on the album, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. So she's a dope uh, musician with a dope band. Because you ain't my comrade. You have not felt the rage of watching your people beaten, raped, hung, your outrage shouted down by oppressors claiming victimhood, and having no recourse except silence. Feel your skin grow tight around your body, trying to contain anger that has become a family heirloom, generation to generation, watching from the belly button window, born understanding that they will not be understood. They will be underestimated, underprivileged, underserved. The anger turns itself inward, pushing from within. Fight or flight. I'd rather you call me nigger. Say what you mean. I live as an accoutrement to your life. Entertainment, anthropological study, a paragraph in a history book. You are Atlas, contemplating shrugging. My shoulders are heavy, but you claim the burden. Don't call me nigga. You ain't from where I'm from. I was raised at the intersection of Frederick Douglass and Marcus Garvey. The village warned the children to be careful of what they said in front of white folks. So we became bicolloquial, ambrosia, and Kool-Aid, high rises, low rent, drinking champagne out of plastic cups, whispering the ideals of black nationalists while mouthing the national anthem. Oh, say can. 
You can't see me. Been living beside you for hundreds of years, building communities brick by brick, but you can't hear me. Been here before Isabella commissioned it. We kings, we queens among cave dwellers. You don't know me. You can't call me nigga because you don't believe in black angels. Haven't accepted the fact that a blue-eyed, blonde-haired Jesus would have died in the desert. You haven't accepted the fact that black represents the presence of all things. Black is everything. The spirit of God is black. You can't call me nigga because the word is called the brother, and we ain't kin like that. Your appropriation of my culture has not been by my permission. Don't call me nigga because my humanity is more important than your swag. Because Dylan Roof was not a lone gunman. He walked into that church on a foundation laid by white supremacists. He will be tried by a system that perpetuates white supremacy. His actions were motivated by propaganda promoted by pop culture. You can't call me nigga because five-year-olds should never have to play dead on church floors. My niggas understand a part of me that rose up from the ashes of the antebellum south, but still feel the rawness of chains. My niggas understand that racism is a white man's madness. Because the south lost the war, because of the Jenna Six, Nia Wilson, Mike Brown, Trayvon Martin, gentrification, the achievement gap, mass incarceration, police brutality, because the branches of our government bear strange fruit. Because, fuck you. White people can't call me nigga because they don't know who they are. Hmm. To be a nigga or to not be a nigga? That is the question. It's a conversation that white folks simply are not invited to. Tanisha, am I pronouncing your name right? You are. Yes, you are. Tanisha. Okay, cool. Tanisha, yes. Uh, I'm not a native speaker, you know that, right? No, I was reading, um, listening to your older uh, broadcast, and I know that. That's that's dope. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I, I speak uh, Spanish and German and, and also English, yes. Um, have, you, have you ever been to Latin America, South America? What do you know about South America? I only know what I've read in books. It's one of the places that I would love to visit mm-hmm. um, because of the music. <laughs> yeah, we have really and um, good the people, yeah, the music, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. and the dancing, and um, 
and the culture, I would love to visit. I haven't, um, I haven't always had the opportunity to travel the way I have now. Mm -hmm. So it's definitely one of the places that I would love to, to go and experience. Mm -hmm. So what's, uh, what's kind of your philosophy in life as a, as a musician, as a writer, what, what does music mean to you? I think that um, it's, I'm glad you asked this question because I was thinking about it today. Um, yeah. Music really is medicine. Yeah. I'm someone who's an introvert. So when I write, um, my pen doesn't allow me to lie about anything. Yeah. And so that's sort of my philosophy as a, um, as a writer that the pen won't let me lie. Yeah. Um, And music is sort of medicine, you know, to heal, you know, during that writing process. Um, a friend of mine just passed away mm -hmm. and she left the CD, um, and, you know, for me, she, she gave it to me before she died. And I, I listened to the CD over and over again, and it's just healing, um, to hear the music that she, you know, she listened to. You know, so music is really, it is medicine. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, that's right. And um, do you have any piece of advice for uh, new musicians, like dreaming of making a living out of music? Yeah. Be persistent. Yeah. Um, and study your craft. I think a lot of people have raw talent. But they don't, they think that raw talent is what will carry them. But truly, if you look at any of the greatest musicians, they, they really studied their craft. They understood the um, history of what they were doing, and they were really masters of their craft. Yeah. They listened intently. And I, that's my advice is to study your craft. Yeah. Don't just follow trends but truly like pave something new for yourself. Yeah. Uh, you mentioned you consider yourself an introvert person. Do you consider yourself to be a sensitive one too? <laughs> I am sensitive. Yeah. I am. Yeah. I'm good at hiding it though. <laughs> <laughs> okay. That's great. Is there something you like to do the old fashioned <laughs> way? Are, are you like a sort of a techie kind of person? Do you like technology? stuff or uh, is there something you you always uh, still do the the old-fashioned way so to say i still write yeah. within a journal yeah <laughs> i don't type everything in the computer necessarily i um i still write with a pencil and, a, and paper <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah okay yeah that's that's pretty much old-fashioned already right and Uh, these days of uh, social media and, and stuff are you are you are you everywhere on on uh, instagram and twitter and stuff i'm on instagram as t smith douglas mm -hmm. and i think i'm on twitter the same way i'm not sure yeah. um but you can definitely find tanisha the word smith on facebook yeah cool yeah um. yeah What, what comes next? Do you have any uh, projects coming next? Uh, are you working on any new projects or uh, maybe a tour? And anything you would like to announce here on the podcast? 
I am um, working on my second album with On the Corner, but it will be my actual third album. Yeah. My first album was Body of Work, yeah. which is also something that can be found on um, Bandcamp. Yeah. But um, my third album, I'm hoping, I haven't spoken to my label yet, but I'm hoping um, to be able to be finished with it pretty soon and for it to be out by the fall. But um, look for it. It's tentatively titled Ray's Girl. And um, I think I it's very personal, um, but at the same time, and it's it's a little bit more personal. It's fun, um, and I just hope people love it and can connect to it. So I like to finish the podcast with um, a few quick fire questions. Would you Would you like to be part of? Sure. Okay. Cool. Um, what takes too much of your time? Uh, house chores, household chores. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Me too. What do you drink when you go to a bar? Um, Riesling. I love Riesling. Uh-huh. Okay. Were you a rebel when you were at school? Like, were you sent to the principal uh, principal's office? Almost all the time. Really? <laughs> all the time, yeah. Do you speak other languages? What languages do you speak? I don't speak any other language. Mm -hmm. Can you teach us? Do you have any f uh, favorite uh, like idiom or slang word or phrase that you always say? I always say that's dope. dope. <laughs> I use the word dope a lot. Dope. I don't know why, yeah. but dope. Yeah, that's great. Cause my podcast is actually intended <laughs> sort of uh give the opportunity to the people in my country because you know people like to learn english here but it's kind of difficult for most of the people so it's always i, I always like to teach them a lot of idioms or slang words and things i think it's a way, great way to to learn from another culture i think that is that's dope yeah, <laughs> that's, that's dope yeah 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 <laughs> And if I say something is dope, that means I really like it. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Have you ever thought about going vegan? Are you or, or are you a vegan or a vegetarian? I'm not a vegan, but I have thought about becoming a um, pescatarian, like only eating fish. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I um I do respect veganism because I think it is an extremely healthy way to live. Yeah, I just don't know if I can give up fish. I don't think I can give up sushi. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, sushi's great. Love it too. Yeah. Um, <laughs> do you, I don't know how old are you, but do you have like a clear, uh, do you remember what was life before the internet? Do you prefer life before or after internet? I am old enough to remember when yeah. they were talking to me. I was in, um, must have been in the second grade, and they were just developing the internet, and they were introducing it to us, yeah. the school. And I think that there's a part of me that almost prefers life before it, mm -hmm. because I don't remember so much anxiety before the internet. Yeah, absolutely. I, I like the word you use, anxiety. It's like sort of the <laughs> word that defines the new generation, right? Yes. Yeah. It's like we know too much, 
and we don't know necessarily what to do with the information. And I think these days of the coronavirus, kind of we are realizing how fast everything has gone. Because I think internet has changed everything, right? Yes. Yeah. It has. And some some great things are happening with the internet. Um, social justice. A lot of people have used it for that reason. Um, or this podcast, right? What's going yeah, this podcast, all those great things are happening. I think we, as, as we get more and more accustomed to the internet and social media, yeah. we'll learn how to use it more responsibly. Yeah. Yeah. Hopefully. Hopefully. Mm-hmm. Is there anything that keeps you up at night? What keeps you up at night? Or do you sleep like? Very well. Um, I am, I'm a night owl, so I stay up late. Oh, yeah. Um, what what keeps me up at night is unfinished work. Mm-hmm. Um, like if I don't finish a poem or if I come to a place where I, I don't know how to finish a poem or a project, that will keep me up all night. <laughs> <laughs> and, yeah. uh, final question. What's the best piece of advice you've ever got? Um... The best piece of advice I ever gotten was that most pain is caused by not the inability to let go, a lack of acceptance. So um, I think like someone gave me a rock that says it is what it is. And I think that that's some of the best advice I've ever been like acceptance that doesn't mean um being passive or being um ambivalent but sometimes you have to accept something for what it is and move on from that place you know and i I think that's for me the best advice i've ever been given um tanisha i would like to i would like to thank you for your words for your music for your poems and for being part of this little podcast, this little underground podcast recorded in the Amazonian rainforest. That's the place where I live. Thank you very much. Uh, I hope you enjoy it. Did you like it? Did you have fun? I did have fun. I enjoyed speaking to you and I'm fascinated. I hope that I can visit the Amazon rainforest one day. I would love to do that. (laughs) Whenever you're here, just let me know and I will... I will um, tell you what places. There are beautiful places here. You know, like lots of waterfalls and uh, the whole nature, the ecosystems, the, the animals. You know, it's it's a really um, great place. Biodiversity. You know, like that's like the the key word to describe yes. this place. Yes. Yeah. All right. Yes. Thank you so much. <laughs> we will end the show with uh, another song, Peacocks and Other Savage Beasts. That's uh, also one of your songs, right, from the same album. Yes, yes, the title track. Yeah, okay, cool. Thank you. Thank you. Bye. Have a great night there. Bye-bye. Take care. You too, bye-bye. I will only tell the part of the story that belongs to me. The peacock hung out in the park, his feathers spread wide, his plumage bigger than his body. My sister and I admired him from a distance. Richmond, California, 
The men in front of the corner store always talked too loud. Their hands were always moving. They became part of our landscape. Their curse words, city sounds. My sister and I dug in the dirt, curbside, looking for worms. Peahens are choosy lovers. Rare gifts, risky endeavors have made her selective. Sometimes, Mama took us to the corner store. She walked us past, past the men. They stared and called to her. Their hands moved. Peacocks spread their tails, blue and green and yellow. Peahens know that such ostentatious display is impractical in the wild. Mama moved past them like they were ghosts. She brought us ices, the big ones. We ate our ices, the taste of dirt and sugar coating our tongues. Memories, sweet and disgusting. Peacocks shake their tails, their Ocili becoming a hundred glossy staring eyes. Mama's eyes, glossy and red. My sister and I stared, her hands outstretched to us. Words moved around us, forced entry, sneaky men, loiterers, robbery. We hid the words inside ourselves until they became sharp-ended quills that etched our mother's truth on the inside of our chest. The rest is mama's story. She never spoke it. We never lost the aftertaste of sugar and dirt. <laughs>